0: This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and
1: marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. <laughs> Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast.
0: This episode is brought to you by Lucasfilm and Disney Plus, presenting an all-new Star Wars series, The Accolade. Stream the two-episode premiere this Tuesday and witness an investigation into a shocking crime spree where secrets will emerge and no one is safe from the truth. The Acolyte, two-episode premiere, streaming this Tuesday only on Disney+. Plus.
1: This podcast is scheduled for 10 questions. Fighting! Out of New York! Standing! At 5 feet 11 inches tall And wearing the red, white, and blue trunks Presenting Kyle Grant
0: Well thank you Bruce And thank you for listening and watching to another episode of 10 Questions Where we don't just have conversations, we have competition Where we do not have guests We have contestants, and today is no different. If you've never heard the show before, 10 questions for each contestant. They get a score, they can get as high as 10, as low as a zero. If they get the question right, which I promise them, each and every one of them, is somehow connected to their life or their career. If they get it right, they will hear this unbelievably cool sound right here. Yeah, if they don't, if they get the question wrong, which I promise is tangentially somehow related to them, they have to hear this and maybe get a single tear. Today's contestant, the last thing he or she will hear before they come on are some prior contestants, some people who have run the 10 questions gauntlet and come out with a final score. So today's contestant will know what they're competing against. Let's do a little roll call. Hit it. Hi, I'm Paul Rudd. And I got a seven out of 10. I'm Joel McHale. And I got an eight out of 10 because I have not seen the movie Stuck on You.
1: Hey, I'm Aaron Andrews. I got a five out of 10. I'm Guy Fieri. And I
0: got six out of 10. Because Kyle Cheats. Here we go. Today's contestant, hit the intro music, please, is a huge fan of the movie Clerks, is a mother. I first saw her when she was sharing the screen with Frazzles the Squirrel in uh, a spoof called The Boo. She also just happens to have the number one show on Netflix. How does that taste? It's called Firefly Lane. My wife and I watched it last night. We're into it. We're continuing to watch it. And we just watched so many projects from this woman. Her name is Sarah Chalk. Welcome to 10 Questions, Sarah.
1: Kyle, thank you so much for having me. And really quickly, question. Yeah. You can edit this out or maybe you can't. Maybe we're live. I don't even know. Am I supposed to be also recording the audio on the Voice Memo app? on this or we just you guys have got it covered.
0: First of all, we'd we'll never edit this out. This is gold content. To my staff, <laughs> advise Sarah Chalk, please, is she supposed to be recording <laughs> or do we as she says have it covered? What a great question. Um you're fine for that, Sarah. Um but we're we're good for that. We're we're all fine. Yeah.
1: Okay, so even I just there's been some podcast where I'm supposed to <laughs> voice memo app it, email it. Sarah,
0: we don't need you to record and email shit. You're a big star. You got the number one show on Netflix. <laughs> That's, that's for the, that's the scrubs. Not you. We'll get to that. <laughs> you know what you're in for with 10 questions. Let me say before we go, I already love your spirit. Do you have a goal right now for a score that you'd like to get in this experience?
1: Oh, I'm going to set my sights high. So I want at okay. least a four. <laughs> All right. At least a four. At least a four. Although okay. I wouldn't mind beating Paul Rudd and Joel McHale. But then that's going to put me at a nine.
0: Yeah. Nine is that's rare error. But these questions are good. I promise they all have something to do with you. In the event, Sarah, however unlikely that you get one of these questions and you're like, I got nothing. I have no idea. You have a lifeline. The lifeline on 10 questions is called Ask a Millennial. If you decide to ask a millennial, we have a real sentient millennial on standby (laughs) who will come in and can maybe advise you. But you only get to use it once.
1: Do I get to keep the millennial to advise me in my (laughs) daily life?
0: Yes. We'll give it to you in a doggy bag. He will go home with you. His name's Richie. He's a soft-spoken man. You'll love him. You get to take him. Are you ready?
1: Yeah, because as you can see from that, you know, uh, me not sure, being sure if I was being recorded, I could probably, I need a lot of millennial help. So, um, yeah.
0: We all do, but let's find out how much you need it. You can't get to nine or four unless you get number one right to start. Sarah Chalk, here are your 10 questions. Question number one, your category is live music. Here we go. In the 80s, Singers like Tiffany and Debbie Gibson Famously performed In what suburban venues
1: Singers like Like do you want the actual names Of these
0: No what type of venues would Debbie Gibson And Tiffany famously perform in In the 80's what type of suburban venues Or they were renowned for performing here
1: A restaurant
0: You say restaurant That's your final answer
1: Oh, wow, God, it's a lot of pressure, man. I didn't. I wasn't expecting to feel like not in my vomit. This is a lot of pressure. I really want. I really want that for.
0: i I'm gonna connect it to you. Do you? If you think restaurants for Tiffany and Debbie Gibson, that's fine. I don't think the 80s question would be good to ask the millennial because they they have they, no, they,
1: nothing. About <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not wasting my phone a friend on that question.
0: No. So Tiffany, I think we're alone now. Debbie Gibson, is it restaurants or do you want to go rogue?
1: alone um i'm gonna say restaurant
0: sarah chalk says restaurants with question one is she right sarah we're looking for malls uh shopping malls of
1: course it was malls i i performed a cindy Lauper song in a mall with crimped hair and pink stirrup pants and my sister did madonna's material girl and I did Girls Just Want to Have Fun. And we were oh lip syncing in a mall. In a mall. It's, it's a mall, of course. It's
0: a mall. All right. Here's why I'm asking you about malls, of all things. I read that, this is an incredible quote, that Mall Rats, the movie, changed your life.
1: The number of times that a kid has gotten hurt on an escalator. <laughs> like, I haven't seen it and I don't even know, maybe 20 years. And that, yes. I mean, I don't know if I've ever gotten on an escalator with my kid where I'm like, watch out, watch out. And I don't think of that scene
0: it's terrifying. And it's, uh, I see, it's funny. Cause you're coming at it from a parental perspective. I was thinking of you watching it way back in the day and did it inspire you like to continue your career? Right. Like of all movies, most actors that you think they'd be like, Oh, you know, Sophie's choice changed my life or <laughs> deer under no, fucking mall rats with Jason Lee and silent Bob.
1: <laughs> oh my God. Their performances, the writing. Yeah. It's everything.
0: When you were growing up, I'm trying to think about how you became an actress and had this incredible career. Did you audition in, when you were growing up in Canada for the original Degrassi?
1: I don't know how. It's one of my largest regrets in life. I never got to audition for Degrassi or be a part of it. I don't know where my, you know, my paths where I went back and forth to LA a little bit. I never got yeah. never got to be on Degrassi. It's devastating. It's so
0: iconic. You would have
1: killed so that iconic. on that show. Oh my God. I mean, it just would have been such a highlight. I can't believe it. It's just... Brings up a lot of pain for me, Kyle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it does. But we're we're not about the pain here, which is why as we move to question two, I know you're gonna okay. get this one. Question okay. two, Sarah Chalk. Your category is Summer Olympics. Okay. Your question: What long distance Olympic sport did Bob Costas once describe as like a contest to see who can whisper the loudest? Like
1: what long distance Olympic Long-distance
0: Olympic sport and Bob Costas this uh, venerable new broadcaster said it's like a contest see so you can whisper the loudest that's how he described this sport
1: I mean because you were saying some of these questions relate to me I'm wondering if you chose race walking
0: first of all they all relate um, to you in some way like <laughs> mall rats related to you
1: mall rats related to me yes. um I don't know if you know this but I'm a professional race walker yeah, so all I wanted in life was to be part of a team, any team, just get on the bus, just get on the team, anything, and I couldn't make any teams, I was not, yes. you know, very athletically inclined, and so finally I just went to the coach, after not making, like, the relay team, the B relay team, C relay team, sprints. <laughs> I said, like, what do I have to do just to get on the bus, I just want to go to Swangirk yeah. Stadium with my friends, and they were like, well, race walking is the most underattended sport, so if you sign up for that, you'll probably be fine. And I did, and I actually like kind of found my niche, and I made it to the provincials in racewalking. Um, so is
0: racewalking your answer? Yeah,
1: it's my answer. I'm going to racewalking. She walking. says
0: racewalking. God damn it. Please let it be true. Yeah! <laughs> okay. I can't tell
1: you how good that feels. Just hearing that sound, I just really can get used to
0: Imagine it. if you had gone through that story, and I was just like, no, actually, we were looking for a luge or curling. No, it's racewalking. And Sarah, I did know this about you. It's an unbelievable... If, if anybody listening or watching... Isn't sure what race walking is, you know. Do it with me. Say so it's that thing where you work your hip. There you go. <laughs> that's the motion. You can't run, right? You can only yeah. walk.
1: That is the rule. The one rule with race walking is you have to have one foot on the ground at all times because that's the only thing that differentiates it from running. And so it's an Olympic sport, Kyle. It's not well covered. You know? You've got to tune in at two a.m. But it is actually an Olympic sport. As bob costas you know we'll say and it's um it was yeah probably you know not it's a little humiliating but it's it's just because it's not the sport right like when we would do the meets they would be like okay now it's the relay now it's this and then race one they'd be like okay all the girls all the guys you're not competing against each other but everybody on the track at the same time and but i still i i felt a lot of pride yeah well listen you what you're
0: saying is I just want to be on the bus. I want to be on a team. You know, you get a uniform. You have a coach. You get to go to the the meet, you know, against the rival school or something like that. I actually think it says a lot about you. And clearly, people can make fun of racewalking if they want. I can tell through this Zoom session that you are proud as hell to be a racewalker. And of all you accomplished, you're proud of that.
1: Oh, I'm extremely proud. I mean, I stuck with it for years. Very mm-hmm.
0: proud. And you now, as an adult, I've researched, you play uh, fantasy race walking, and you're in leagues and you follow it professionally is that
1: true? <laughs> <laughs> that is a great pandemic activity that I had not considered but I'm very excited about
0: <laughs> So Sarah Chalk was just kicking ass in Canada she's, she's growing up she's acting a little bit she's on the racewalking team and now she has the number one show on Netflix which we're going to get to in the next question Sarah you're one for two I knew I could get it question number three category here badly dated movies that's your category. Now follow this. This is multiple choice. Build as Top Gun in a helicopter, 1990 action film Firebirds starred what future Oscar winner? Is it A. Christian Bale, B. Adrian Brody, or C. Nicholas Cage? Okay, I'm definitely
1: not calling my millennial for this
0: one. No way. we'll get to that. Don't okay. they, they didn't even heard. They don't know what that is. Okay.
1: Christian Bale, Nicolas Cage, or Adrian
0: Brody. Or Adrian Brody.
1: 1990. I'm going to say Adrian Brody was too young in 1990.
0: Right. Interesting.
1: Um, Firebirds.
0: It's like basically like kick ass hotshot helicopter pilots, like Maverick and Goose, except in helicopters. Imagine.
1: 1990.
0: 1990
1: on the dot. I'm going Nick Cage. Just going with my gut.
0: She says Nicolas Cage, and she really thought about it and reasoned it. Ladies and gentlemen, is Sarah Chalk right? Was Nicolas Cage in Firebirds? <laughs> oh, yeah. Now we got something. Yo, good
1: I not? might get that four.
0: Okay, you, <laughs> you're halfway home. Um, it's not about Firebirds necessarily. I'm going to ask you about Firefly. That is your show, Firefly Lane. Uh, I said I watched it last night with my wife. We, we watched the first episode. We loved it. A lot of things to love about it. There is a scene that involves you doing laundry while you're talking to Catherine Heigl's character, it's a little moment that I thought was really relatable for parents. I'm a parent, you're a parent. How much of you, Sarah Chalk, is in this character, Kate?
1: Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's so, so, so much. First of all, the laundry, yes. I mean, obviously, we're in the middle of a pandemic. And I mean, the laundry, is it more laundry than it's ever been? I don't know why. The laundry's (laughs) never ending. And now, you know, my four-year-old has actually become an amazing, she's, she's gifted at folding. Um, so she, I've, you know, co-opted her. She's joined the laundry team. Um, but there's so much about Kate and I that, uh, that we have in common. Like, she's just very awkward and, and and tries so hard to do these things. And they just don't always turn out how she had hoped. And so through the season, you know, you see her out and she's like, you know, Tully played by the amazing Catherine Heigl will be like well if you like him why don't you just like show up and answer the door naked and so then she tries that and it just does not go as planned and I feel like I can so relate to like trying these ideas and things that just seem so mm, great in theory and then don't exactly play out as you uh expect and she's also uh, you know a little bit klutzy as I am and um Yeah, it was so fun to play. I mean, it was so fun to play because when do you get to play somebody like at 40, but then also at 20? And uh, so, yeah.
0: I can tell even just a short time now having met you that there's a bunch of you in Kate. There's actually an episode later in season one where Kate goes on this tremendously successful podcast and she stops it to ask if she should be recording audio before they start. It's an incredible (laughs) moment. (laughs) Life imitating art. No wonder you sunk your teeth into it. Yes. I do want to say though... uh, the show starts out with a bang, It like really quick. There's no like, some of these shows, it's like people be like, oh, have you watched the show, the first three seasons are really slow. But when you get to season four, it kicks ass. No, there's <laughs> none of that shit. First scene, first episode is badass. And it's really, people are loving it. Everywhere I look, it's being recommended to me. It's number one on Netflix. How's that feel?
1: Oh my God. It's so exciting and fun and great because we had the best time making it. It was one of those unicorn jobs where like everything just feels like it comes together, you know, with the writing and then the cast and then um we just we we shot it in my hometown of vancouver and it was just uh it was kind of a a dream so it's fun you know that it's finally out in the world because we finished about a month before the whole lockdown began um last year
0: oh that's, that's i'm so glad you got it out because it's fun it's listen people who haven't seen it yet there's twists, there's sex, there's drinking. It's like, it's everything that you want right now. And it's, we found it immensely satisfying. We're gonna talk a lot more about it as we continue our 10 questions journey. Question number four, the category is name the movie. All right, I'm gonna play a clip from a movie. All you have to do is say that what the name of the movie is and it has something to do with you. Sarah Chalk, name the movie.
1: Why are you?
0: I'm sorry.
1: I mean, uh, why are you here? There must be a reason for you to be
0: here. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm here to fight for truth and justice in the American way.
1: <laughs> You're gonna end up fighting every elected official in this country.
0: I'm sure, you don't really mean that. What do you think? Let me inside that head of yours. What do you think? Well, I'm
1: just thinking foot? because of the cadence of the speaking, I'm thinking well, I'm not calling my millennial.
0: <laughs> no fucking way. No way. Not calling I my promise millennial. we'll get to it. <laughs> I promise the millennial will come in handy, I think. Do you want to take a guess?
1: I'm going to... Uh, it has something to related to me?
0: Yeah, I, I found a way. It does. Yeah. <laughs> I,
1: I don't know. I think, I think all of a sudden now I have my only choice is to be tied with Joel McHale. I can't beat him.
0: Take a guess then. Guess a movie from a long time ago. Maybe you'll be right.
1: Is it... Tootsie. (laughs) Tootsie's a great guess. I'm here to
0: fight for truth, justice the American American way. way. Unfortunately, it is not right. It is not right. I fucking love Tootsie though. What a great guess. You know what the movie was? What? It was the original Superman with Christopher Reeve. Oh! Oh. And he's talking to Lois Lane and they're kind of falling for each other. I'm no Superman. Yes, it's the theme song for Scrubs was I'm No Superman. Scrubs was... So good and so beloved. And people who like Scrubs love it. Sometimes you hear about these shows and they're actually, well, it was actually very difficult. We didn't get along very well. Was Scrubs as much fun as it looks?
1: It truly was. I mean, I was 24 when I got it. I spent my whole 20s in this oh. creepy abandoned hospital out in the valley where we shot. And um, it was just a it was a dream. It was a dream. And I almost screwed it up because I just moved to LA with my best friend and we never had plans. We'd been there for a few months, and this was the only night we had planned to go to a concert and I had an audition the next morning and I was like, so type a, and I was like, I'm just going to like rehearse from the second I get a script till I go in. And I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not canceling the concert. And I got home that night at like midnight and my audition for scrubs was at 9am and at another one at noon. And I get these two packages before they would email them to you. I open my package and I'm reading through it. And I'm like, Oh shit, this is so good. Oh my God. This is so good. This is like the best thing I've ever read. And I really want to be in it. And, um, So I didn't even open the other package and I just focused on scrubs and then, um, kind of stayed up for like an hour and worked on it. But it was, um, yeah, it was a dream. I mean, we had, you know, it's so rare that you get to be on a show for that long with the same group of people. And we'd hang out with the crew and go to the money tree on Friday nights after wrap. And we'd already spent like, you know, 16, 17, 18 hour days together, you know, all week. And, um, I feel like it was just a dream. I mean, I learned so much about comedy and about everything from bill and from that ridiculous cast and it was just yeah it was such a dream
0: my question is um it almost ruined your dream what was the concert that you just had to go to
1: oh it was like i can't even hear it was like a tiny little venue with a tiny indie band and we just were excited and i I honestly don't even remember which one it was it was just the fact that i was like you know this is we just we have a plan we're doing it and we're going and then
0: so it wasn't something bad. It wasn't like Queens of the Stone Age or Eminem or something like that. Like it was just no. whoever no. <laughs> almost ruined your whole career. No. It wasn't
1: even Eminem. M&M. Oh yeah, Eminem. It would be. It would have been worth it maybe. But yeah.
0: Can I? Uh, can I tell you? I, I, I can relate to what you're saying really personally. In 2000, 2002, uh, I was an extra on Scrubs, and that's how I ended up getting my like SAG after Card. and. What? I had the most unbelievable experience. It was on a location shoot on Ventura, right by Ventura and Laurel Canyon. Yep. And I'm just supposed to stand in the background and Zach and Donald are walking out of a movie theater and talking. And Zach uh, recognized me from a reality show that I've been on because I was on the real world on MTV. And he was like, dude, I know who you are. And he come over and he talks to me and he was unbelievably accommodating. And he went to the producer, the showrunner, and he wanted to get me like a speaking role on in the show, in the scene. Like, let's just make up something. And I want, I remember this guy, I want him to talk. And you know, when you show up, to, I've been in LA for like 10 minutes and I was so yeah. excited and so flattered and like so nervous. And then they ended up, I couldn't have a line because I wasn't union or whatever and they couldn't do it. But never mind that. It said everything to me about like the Scrubs experience from that small little mm-hmm. view I got in. And I will never, I've never met him since then, but I will always thank him. And I, I, I thank everybody in Scrubs because obviously you guys have something special there.
1: Oh, I'll pass that on to him. That's really um, that's really cool. No, it was it was uh, it was like that. It was one of those rare, weird circumstances where everybody just loves each other and gets along, and it was fabulous.
0: Speaking of getting along, we're going to pick up the pace here right now because okay. we're going to yep. question five. All right, you okay. are two for four. Oy. Sarah Chalk, star of Firefly Lane on Netflix, you all should all watch it. Your category for question number five, Sarah. Is Cherry Garcia. Not Jerry, Cherry Garcia. Ben and Jerry's ice cream company my was founded flavor. in what US state? Oregon. She says Oregon. Oh. Sarah, I'm you're my or favorite California,
1: but I that California, but I'm 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 gonna go with Oregon.
0: You're my favorite contestant ever. You care so much. This is an emotional. I'm going to be drained when this is done. We've done dozens of these. I'm exhausted right now. Uh, Is it Oregon for Ben and Jerry's? I mean, it's not even close to Oregon. And I I feel devastated. Ben and Jerry's was. Do you have a second guess? Like, because it's like completely on the other side of the country. It's not even
1: close. Really? Do you love it? That, like, I've, I've literally waited for like a five-minute gap where like eighteen Mack trucks have gone by for every other answer. This one, I'm like, right out of the I gate. Know. And Super you know what it is? About it.
0: It's it's Vermont.
1: it's Vermont. Vermont. This is like maybe the most painful loss for me because Cherry <laughs> Garcia is yes. one of my favorite flavors um i love ben and jerry's the whole company everything they yeah. stand for
0: it. i know it's the best it's funny because you thought that the mac trucks were gone but then you stepped out in the street and one of them hit you It's <laughs> so, hit to oregon why am i asking about ben and Jerry's? i didn't know it was your favorite flavor that you loved it um i'm going from ben and jerry's to rick and morty's like i, they, <laughs> yeah,
1: the, I like like it. two I like great it. tandems it really- yeah, because usually you have to eat the Ben and Jerry's while you're watching yes, Rick and Morty. Yes, yeah. while
0: you're watching Rick and Morty. And I'm sure a lot yeah. of people have done that, maybe even you. Uh, when I was telling friends and people online that you were coming on this show, all the stuff you've done, the legions of Rick and Morty fans were the loudest, the scariest. Like, they're way into this. What is up with this fan base?
1: Oh, my God. It's, like, it's bonkers. We, uh, yeah. you know, we started out at Comic-Con um the year before it came out we went and so all the questions were to dan Harmon about community and the next year it was like two ricks and the next year it was like a sea of ricks and mr poopy buttholes and so we kind of got to watch the growth of this show through the eyes of uh comic-con but um it uh it's been it's so cool doing animation is such a different way to work and yeah. um and kind of like awesome that we've been able to continue it through the pandemic. Yeah, well, you're at home.
0: I mean, you still record it. You're still producing it. Tell us how that's going, because based on the fans I've talked to, like they're they're parched and hungry and they want a thousand episodes. And now how's it going?
1: So it's going great. I mean, it started out, you know, the beginning of the pandemic, we just had to do a couple pickups. So not yeah. full episodes, just like, oh, this line here, this line there. And so we each had like a tiny microphone and you'd have to create like the most acoustically favorable environment. So I took the lower bunk bed of my son's bunk beds, took every duvet in the house and like hung them around the bed, every pillow and stuffed it around and then stacked up like Harry Potter books and um, kind of precariously balanced this microphone on top. And the next thing was my daughter's play tent and I duct taped like seven moving blankets around it. And then once we realized we were going to be in this for a while, and we we're going to be doing real episodes, like full episodes of Rick and Morty, um, I did a deep dive on the internet of how to build your own sound booth and learn more about like green glue and bass traps and clips and all this stuff. And I talked to a few sound guys that were like, you're gonna get like 95 percent of the way there, and you're never gonna get that last five to make it perfect, um, unless you're like a sound engineer, which I am not. And so, um, there's a place in Oregon where you know, you know, Oregon where Betty Jerry's oh, yeah, great state. ice
0: cream, yeah,
1: great ice cream. Um, they make <laughs> real vocal booths, and they like put them on a crate and ship them to you, and then you put it together like Lego, and uh, it's got like all the blue, you know, yeah. uh, egg carton foam inside, and it's like a it, it has like professional level uh, recording sound. So I've been recording from in there.
0: Wow. I think it's so cool though. The humble beginnings, like you're, you're recording this beloved, beloved show. And you've got like duct taped comforters around your son's bed and like stacked up, uh, the half-blood prince and prisoner of Azkaban. Listen, Sarah, I'm doing the show right now. This computer is is on an ironing board that I took out of our laundry room. Like we do what we have to do, right? We
1: do This computer right now, I've got, um, a 200 Ravensburger unicorn puzzle. And um, I've got a Puzzle of the Ocean and then an old-timey record player. All right. So that's what this is propped up on.
0: Puzzle of the Ocean, old-timey record player. I'm going to go tit for tat on this. I'm going to break the fourth wall. It's on the ironing board. Now, look at this. This is a box of cup of noodles, and this is like a hand warmer box. (laughs) That's what it's on. Welcome to the show.
1: I'm so glad you just showed me because that reminded me that I'm all out of my hand warmers because we've been skiing. That's been like our like saved me during this pandemic. Yes. And I get very cold toes and hands. So those are thank you, okay.
0: Kyle. <laughs> get hand warmers, get cup of noodles, get Ben and Jerry's, and please get us as many. Oh, there it is. The Ravensburger puzzle. We this have a one, cat... this
1: one is the, this is the cats. There's just a bunch <laughs> of them here because you just never know how high. So just to adjust the height, like the one that we're using is actually there's the unicorn one.
0: Oh, it's beautiful. That's it's majestic. Beautiful.
1: And then the ocean, and then the we've got this right here.
0: Give it to me. Bring it uh, home.
1: <laughs>
0: what does that have like a 2 million dollars in it? Looks like something from a bond movie.
1: <laughs> it's um it's yeah, but it's Canadian, so it's not much. Oh, um no, it's it's a record. That's the record player. That's the old-timey record player. That oh, no okay. that suitcase, yeah.
0: All right, it's got Loverboy and Nickelback records on there. I just love it. We're going to get oh, into more Canada little stuff. Madonna? Yeah. All right, right now, question number 6. You're two out of 5. You're on the back nine as they say in golf. Sarah Chalk, Star of Firefly Lane. Uh, and just a ferocious 10 questions competitor. Your category for question six is beverages.
1: Beverages. Okay. I mean, this is
0: interesting. I think I find this, this question fascinating, but you got to listen here. What soft drink accounts for 3% of American sales, but jumps up to 10% of airline beverages?
1: Oh, I'm going with ginger ale because usually you're feeling a little motion sick when you're on the plane. And okay. so. You know, probably Coke and Pepsi. They're taking, as we say in Canada, the pop, the lion's share of the pop sales. Um, But I think ginger ale, because I actually don't drink soft drinks, but when I'm on an airplane, I drink ginger ale.
0: Fascinating answer. And she was quick with it. Is she right? Is it ginger ale? Yeah, it is ginger ale.
1: Thank God. Because I really needed, needed to come back a little bit.
0: You did. And here's why I asked you about ginger ale. The number one brand of ginger ale is Canada dry. Of course you are Canadian. And Sarah, we're going to do an exercise here. First, I want you to set the table by telling me what do you think are the, the virtues or the qualities that make a true Canadian, like the most Canadian of Canadians, what virtues and qualities are in that person?
1: Well, you have to apologize a lot because everything is like, Oh, I'm so sorry. No, I'm so sorry. No, I'm so sorry for this. I'm sorry for saying sorry. Cause you didn't say, so- I didn't say sorry enough times. Um, so that's one of them. Very polite. um, and, um, you have to love being cold and being outside. And I think like, you know, we grew up skiing and our kids ski and they ski in the rain. If it's yeah. not good weather, we just have like rain ponchos. Um, you, uh, you need to be, um, familiar with all of the, you know, key Canadian lingo that people in the states i just got so confused when i moved there and nobody knew what a carburetor was when well, my carburetor ro- broke which is a garbage disposal oh, i'd be like nice. hey nice too and they would be like what nice too your hat your beanie that's too um so there's a lot of important it's like a separate language so you have to be familiar with okay. that um oh, absolutely
0: Ah, see, we, oui, we, oui. no, no, not, I don't speak French, but I knew you said you have to speak French. That's a real Canadian. Yeah,
1: that's that a good Canadian. Absolutely. I, I was, I learned that's to read lot. in French before English. I spent, went to uh, French immersion and did school in French all day oh and then gosh. German school after school.
0: Well, that's an incredible list of criteria you just, just named. I wonder how they're going to apply to this exercise we're going to do right now. Sarah, what I've assembled here is I have picked eight notable Canadians and we're going to put them through a tournament which I'm going to pair them against each other and you just select with the head-to-head who is more Canadian.
1: Mm. And then
0: we're going to get down to the most Canadian person in the bracket. Can I have my music, please? Here we go with Sarah Chalk. Who's the most Canadian? First matchup from Toronto, Drake versus from London, Ontario, Rachel McAdams.
1: Ooh. ah, That is hard. The most Canadian of the two. I mean... I guess I'm going to say Rachel McAdams because the notebook comes to mind and the notebook is where her and Ryan Gosling come together in this, like, infamous kiss and he's also Canadian.
0: Beautiful. Rachel McAdams advances Drake, an upset in the first round. Next, from Vancouver, Ryan Reynolds and from Toronto, The Weeknd, fresh off his Super Bowl halftime performance.
1: Mm. Who's more Canadian?
0: Yes. Ryan Reynolds or The Weeknd?
1: Am allowed to tie them or no?
0: No, you got to advance. got to pick one. Ryan Reynolds or The Weeknd?
1: Okay, I'm going... uh, I've never met The Weeknd and I'm such a huge fan and I would love to, but I have met Ryan Reynolds. We've worked together on a movie and he's extremely Canadian, so I'm going Ryan Reynolds.
0: Ryan Reynolds advances next from London, Ontario, Justin Bieber versus from Vancouver, Seth Rogen. Bieber versus Rogen, who you got? Rogen. Rogen advances quickly. All right, next to get our final four from British Columbia... Pamela Anderson versus, from Ontario, Jim Carrey. Ooh,
1: um, most Canadian. Yes. uh, Carrey, Jim Carrey.
0: Jim Carrey beats Pamela. All right, so we have a final four. Let's figure this out. Sarah Chalk, who's the most Canadian in our final four matchup, Rachel McAdams versus Ryan Reynolds. Who you got? Uh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds quickly to the championship round. Okay, which means that he will meet in the title game Seth Rogen versus Jim Carrey. Who takes on
1: Reynolds? (laughs) I think it's going to be it's going to be Rogen and Reynolds.
0: Oh, my gosh. Here we go.
1: So we have Seth Rogen
0: representing Vancouver versus Ryan Reynolds also representing Vancouver. I leave it to you, Sarah Chalk. You're an Ottawa girl. Who wins between Ryan Reynolds and Seth Rogen is the most Canadian of them all.
1: Okay, it's interesting because, I yes, I was born in Ottawa, but I actually grew up since I was two in Vancouver. Okay. So I'm sort of a Vancouver girl, so it's interesting that both of my most Canadian choices are also Vancouverite. Um, I think it's... um, The most Canadian is going to be Ryan Reynolds.
0: Reynolds! And can you give us just a, a grand finale of why? I'm sure the Seth Rogen camp is devastated. Why the Reynolds as you take a pull from what looks like a beautiful, what is that, a leathery Cabernet? I
1: to, so, so I meant to grab my tea. I'm having, I'm double-fisting tea. But the, 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 I was doing some, uh, a press thing before you and they were like, we're pretending it's, can you have a glass of wine? So I went and it's here. And I, I don't want that. Drink I, it.
0: I'm, but you now, you, you crowned Ryan Reynolds as the king of Canada. I think it's awesome. That was a, that was a compelling tournament. You did great.
1: Um, Thanks, thanks. I was like, I haven't done great at a lot of things yet in this past hour. I I think I'm batting. I'm only two out of five now. What am I at?
0: You're three out of six. Okay, we have four questions left, and this is everybody's favorite category right here. Question number seven with Sarah Chalk. Categories: Finish this lyric. I'm going to play for you a very popular song that I'm sure you've heard. It's going to stop the lyricist, and when he or she stops singing. You have to finish the line or the lyric that they are singing. Are you ready, Sarah Chalk?
1: This is the one that's the most important to me, Kyle.
0: <laughs> Here's what's funny. is I, I know you've heard the song. Everybody's heard it. I'm really rooting for you. I'm in your corner. <gasps> Sarah Chalk, finish this lyric.
1: Love remains a drum high enough But did you know that when it snows my eyes become alive, and the light that you shine can be seen. Baby. Uh, it is. I've uh, been kissed from a. Uh, baby. i uh, <laughs> <laughs> I said I gotta, I gotta sing it out loud, but I really want to do that because I'm gonna the choir. Kissed
0: by a rose on the thorn? Can't wait. You, I mean, you're right there. <laughs> <laughs> you are on the razor's edge. This is unbelievably <laughs> like, compelling. Uh, Batman I, Forever soundtrack. Chris O'Donnell. Yes, looking hot as yes. hell as Robin. Uh, Val Kilmer. Jim Carrey. Two questions in a row. And Seal comes yeah. out. Yeah. You were you were right there. Say what you said again. When I said you were on the roses. Kissed by edge. a
1: rose on a thorn? That doesn't even make sense. Kissed by a
0: rose on a thorn. Like, goddammit, it, that's close. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is it close enough to the point?
0: You know what's great about my show is I can do whatever the hell I want, and it involves a healthy injection of subjectivity. So goddamn, that's right. Play the rest of it, and we'll get the real one. But I'm giving her the point. Like a giving her the point she what seal sings is i compare you to a kiss from a rose on the gray like do you know what that means i don't even know what that means so that's why i'm not counting it against you
1: i i so appreciate it um i I've, I've actually never been more grateful because I, I needed it i needed the win um i don't know what that means if i if you're to kiss from a rose on the gray
0: on on the kiss Christmas rose on the gray. I, I was hoping it would be one of those things like what did you call it the um the defrogerator or whatever you guys call in Canada the disposal.
1: I the carburetor. The
0: carburetor. Right. Here's why I'm asking you to begin with, and this is when I have to bring it back to actual substance. Uh, kiss kiss uh, kiss from a rose, kiss on a rose, whatever it is. Um, it makes me think of Roseanne when I was in my adolescence, I found Roseanne, I would turn on that show and I would be kind of intimidated by her. She was just a big personality and she always had the one-liner, you know. I wasn't on the show. You were. <laughs> what, what, what was it like your first experience meeting and working with Roseanne Barr?
1: So my first experience meeting was actually the audition process because I was living up in Canada and they said, we're shooting this new series. They're kind of keeping it hush-hush, send a tape down. So I sent down this like, grainy VHS tape that went in the mail. And then they called and said, okay, call back. This is actually what it's for. We're we're finding someone to play Becky. And I was like, what? I mean, the whole concept was so confusing because it was the number one show at the time. And so then they flew me down to LA to audition with Glenn Quinn, who played Mark. And I was 16 and he was 24 and Irish and stunning. And the whole scene was like making out with him. It was like, baby, baby, come here. And I'm like, get a job at the gas station, get a job at the gas station. He's like, baby, come here. And that was the scene. And so I'm like, how am I going to make it through this scene with this stunningly gorgeous Irish Glenn Quinn. And, um, so then I, I flew home and they said, we'll let you know in seven days. And then they called and they're like, actually, we're going to have you come back tomorrow and read with Roseanne. So then it was down to four of us There were seven before we were all in these matching Becky blouses. And, uh, we were doing the audition on the couch with Roseanne on her infamous couch and i remember auditioning with her and her turning to me and going how old are you and i was like 16 and all the other girls were like 21 22 living in la and and then she was like no how old are you really and i was like 16 like the concept of lying about your age would just never yeah. like i guess that's the thing people do but i just <laughs> it would never occurred to me and so i um i got the part and i was obviously so in awe of her and I mean, it was it was an embarrassment of riches of talent on that show, like Lori Metcalf and Sandra Bernhardt and John Goodman and Johnny Glecky and Sarah Gilbert. Like everybody was so stupidly funny and talented. Um, I just remember walking onto my first day on set and uh, never feeling more out of place. And <laughs> like, well, how did this happen? Why am I? Why do I get to do this? <laughs> and um, just kind of watching like what Laurie Metcalf would do with the script from like a Monday morning table read till a Thursday night, tape night. And, yeah. and, um, it was crazy.
0: It's, it's this, I'm just smiling listening to this cause I remember the show so well. I, I, th- I have this take on John Goodman that I think he is one of the greatest actors to ever live. And I think he's yeah. underrated and he can do anything and he's always brilliant. What is your, you must have it. What, what is your best John Goodman story or memory?
1: Oh my God. I, so he was so, I was such a, you know, new kid and really had no business being there. And he was so kind and so warm and so welcoming and he didn't need to do that. And he would go out of his way to be like, Hey kid, welcome. You know, how was your day? What do you think of this? And just shoot the shit with you for a bit. And then that just kind of puts you more, um, at ease. And, uh, cause just, you know, showing up there was, was, uh, you know, I hadn't really worked that much. Like I'd done a few small things in Vancouver. Oh, and this is the craziest Roseanne story that I actually had completely forgotten about. And we were recapping it the other day Um, was they had called me after the audition and said, you got the part. And I went to a party that weekend and I mentioned it to a couple of people and it sounded like a lie. Like it just sounded like the craziest thing ever. Like you're going to be on what that show. That's it didn't make, I was living in Canada. It made no sense. And I remember it spread really quickly around our whole high school. And then on Monday morning, I got a call from the Roseanne show and they were like, so we're getting cold feet about replacing Becky. So we're not sure if we're going to do it or not. If we do do it, it's going to be you, but we're going to put you on hold for four months throughout the summer. Cause it was in spring that I auditioned and they weren't going to shoot till mid August. So we're going to put you on hold for four months. We'll tell you about, it. oh shit, my ass is grass. At school. Yeah. It's just going to sound, cause we actually had an experience where there's a Canadian show called the mini pops. And when mm-hmm. we were in grade seven, one girl lied about being on the mini pops and I thought, Oh my God, this is mini pops all over again. (laughs) This is going to happen to me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, yeah, sure. You're going to be on Roseanne chalk. Yeah. And I'm going to be on deep space nine. (laughs) Yeah, sure. You are. That's how it leaves you hanging. But then you were, you did it. It's incredible. And you walk into that and you just kill it. Now you're part of another iconic show. We're going to keep moving because we have three questions left, Sarah. Question number eight, you get a choice here. Okay. choice of categories do you want celebrity babies or do you want celebrity moms
1: mm. uh, let's go celebrity moms
0: celebrity moms okay Nadia Suleiman is better known as what celebrity mom Nadia Suleiman better known as what octo
1: mom
0: are you asking me or are you telling me
1: I'm asking you Kyle I have my choice I guess
0: I think I sort of remember that, but I would have to look to you for confirmation, sir. You're my favorite contestant ever. (laughs) What is your final answer? Who is Nadia Suleiman better known as? Uh, Octomom. Is it Octomom, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah! Okay, Octomom, I'm talking about moms because this segues perfectly. You just laid out beautifully how you walked into Roseanne. Oh my gosh, there's all this talent. There's this tight-knit group. I'm an outsider it sounds a lot like your experience and how I you met your mother. It's you go in this iconic show these really talented people who know each other. You're not a, one of the founding fathers or mothers like you were with scrubs. What's it like again, Sarah chalk walking into that show. And was it similar to Roseanne? How'd it feel?
1: I think I'm like a pinch hitter, like second Becky, which totally. was my nickname on scrubs for eight years. Like, that was, you know, that was that. And then with How I Met Your Mother, it was supposed to be someone else. And then they backed out. It was just supposed to be for one episode. And, um, I remember I was like at Pink Bear with my friend, Nicole Sullivan, and I get this call saying, Hey, do you want to go do an episode of How I Met Your Mother? And I was like, hell yeah, I love that show. And, um, so they're like, okay, go over there right now. Cause it was already like, it's a five day week and it was like oh. already a day in. And, um, so I went over there and it, um, they were so warm and so inviting. Like it was just like jumping into every, like, come on in the water's warm. Like everybody was like so fun. And it ended up, um, turning into more episodes. I was supposed to go back to scrubs the next week we were going back to shooting. And my boss at scrubs the Lawrence was generous enough to let me kind of go back and forth between the two. So I would, um, get up at like four, and get to how at met your mother by about five and then go drive over to scrubs at 11, Amazing. May have gotten a couple car accidents. Maybe not this, like, maybe didn't get enough sleep for that chunk of time in my life, but it was ridiculous.
0: All right. So I'm going to give you what I call the mafia hypothetical. You're walking down the street and you get shoved into a car, and is these, these mob guys. They said, You look, here's the deal. It's the boss's 50th birthday party. Uh, We want to put on a huge show for him. We got a stage, we got a restaurant, we got waitresses, everything. We want to make them laugh. You, Sarah Chalk, have to choose. You got to either go up on stage, with the cast of How I Met Your Mother or the cast of Scrubs? And you're going to put on a show for him. And let me tell you something. <laughs> if you don't make the boss laugh, you're all dead. We're going to kill all you. We're going to whack all of you. It's which cast are you choosing to save your lives in front of the boss? How I Met Your Mother on stage or Scrubs?
1: I mean, this is like Sophie's choice, Kyle. Like, yeah. you can give me a lot of questions, but this one, I mean, I'm just going to have to get bonus points for it, even if it's not a points question. Go on. Um... I feel like, well, obviously I spent, you know, nine years or eight and a half years of my life on scrubs. It got to the point where Zach and Donald, there was like a sound they could make that would make me laugh. Like if they were trying (laughs) to crack me up off camera, um, they would just go like, like I'm the easiest, after enough coffee and enough hours of being awake, I'm the easiest person to um, crack up. Like if people were to ask us like, who breaks on camera? It would be me. And um like there was one night where I couldn't like I would literally just like turn into frame <laughs> to see their faces and I couldn't stop. I was like, just give me one second. I got this. And I'm saying things in my head like the crew as family, everyone wants to go home.
0: Yes, gotta get, 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 out of get together.
1: Here, um so I and I think what I would do is um and then obviously on how I met your mother, it was like live and we had so much fun. Yeah. I think I would um would tell the mob boss that um you know i don't play by the rules and i'm mm. i'm bringing up a special a special group called how i Met your scrubs and um <laughs> and uh and and it's really a show you have to believe me it's a great show and uh it's one cast it's not two and it's just one definitely one cast yes. and we would go up there and it would be some sort of um musical theater uh, adaptation of the
0: godfather it's incredible and you would nail it i think the only thing better is if you made it and it was like you would do it and it's actually our, our troupe here is called uh how roseanne met your scrubs and then we're just gonna do all of them <laughs> bringing everybody up <laughs> so and he loves so the party so uh, what an incredible answer see that's why you're the best and you have two questions left you're five out of eights sarah are you a, a professional sports fan are you an nba fan
1: I mean, I would probably, like, I'd like to sound cool and say yes, and I love watching it, but I'm not, I'm going to get this wrong.
0: Okay. Well, we have the lifeline left, so maybe you want to use it. And you can't use it on question 10, because question 10 is a little different. So question 9, I'm going to give you the question, then you can decide if you want to bring Richie in. Richie's palms are sweating right now. Your category is basketball. Sarah Chalk, NBA superstar James Harden plays for what team?
1: Oh, Richie, get over here.
0: Rich, bring in the millennial. Bring Richie. him in. Richie, there he is. This is Richie Bozick. This is Sarah Chalk. Say hello, Richie. Sarah, how's it going? It's great to meet you.
1: Richie, it's so nice to meet you, and I'm so happy you're here.
0: I feel yes. like there's a lot of pressure on this right now, but
1: <laughs> there's no pressure. No, like, there's none. Like, it's totally fine. Like, I'm not competitive at all. And
0: Richie, I have to let you know, Sarah, Richie's very hit or miss. He, sometimes he crushes it, sometimes he ruins the entire show. We'll find out what this is. Richie and Sarah, your category is NBA. You have 30 seconds. NBA superstar James Harden plays for what team? Go ahead. Make your magic. James Harden, he was just traded to the Brooklyn Nets. That's my answer. You're going to buy that, Sarah? You think that's right? I'm going
1: with Brooklyn Nets. I'm going with Richie.
0: I don't know. I don't know if that's right. It's a lot of trust to have in young Richie Bozek. Does James Harden really play for the Brooklyn Nets? What do you have to say to Richie?
1: Richie, thank you. My whole life has culminated to this moment of these 10 questions, and I was not nailing it, and I needed the win.
0: I'm so glad I could help. That's by far the one I've been most confident on. So, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was not there for Brett Favre a few weeks ago. Completely screwed Brett Favre. Thank you, Richie. (laughs) You're a millennial. You can go argue that LeBron is better than Jordan all you want. Go ahead. All right, so you're six out of nine. Here's why I asked you about this. I'm going to take kind of a sharp left turn here as we're about to wrap up. The answer to the question was the Nets. I'm going to connect that to Internet. Sarah, you have a really good, positive Internet reputation. What I mean by that is great feedback. I think people really genuinely like you and your work. You know, the comments below all your stuff is very positive, and people like your show a lot. It doesn't always go that way for people. Um, Your co-star, Catherine Heigl in Firefly Lane, has been through a lot of shit in her career, in her reputation. She's taken a bunch of hits I don't know if they're deserved, if they're not, but it's something that people talk about. How do you respond to that?
1: So Catherine and I met for the first time um, through a mutual friend, Dulé Hill. Okay. He, he called me up and said, so my good friend Catherine Heigel is moving to Vancouver, your hometown, to shoot this new show, Firefly Lane. Um, can she give you a call and you guys can, you can just give her the lay of the land. So she calls me up and we end up chatting for like over an hour we just had so much in common and we were chatting about like schools and where to send your kids and all the things. But we just, um, we had the best time. She's so funny. And so then the first time we met was on, so then I, I get this script in my inbox like a month later and I'm like, wait, this is Catherine show. And I read it and loved it. And then, um, our first time meeting was at the cast party. And, uh, and then, and then our first couple of days were kind of working together. So it wasn't really work yet, but it was in the hair and makeup trailer like pretty much playing dress up, trying to find these characters in the eighties and in the two thousands. And we'd be like, you know, cut the wig, add this ooh, different yeah. wig, more blue eyeshadow, more hairspray, a whole bottle, like all the things. And it was so fun. And then our friendship just grew from there. And, you know, we would work all week together, but then we'd still be hiking the dogs on the weekend. And then she had like wine and cheese parties for the cats at her house. And then I had everyone over and her husband, Josh Kelly came and played the guitar and then everyone was dancing in my backyard. And she will be a friend of mine for life. I mean, she's one of those people that like, you know, she shows up, she's on her stuff. She knows all of her lines. She's fun to do scenes with, but she also likes to have a good time. I mean, it's not like we're, you know, they say cut and everybody runs to their, their trailers or their, their dressing room or whatever. And it's like, we'd be like, Oh, where did we last pick up from our last story? And, um, so, uh, yeah, it was, it was a blast.
0: It sounds like it. And when you watch the, the first episode, you can tell that you guys are friends and there's scenes where you're lying out in front of the water and you're crying and everything. And it sounds great. So why did you have to go through so much hell? I mean, I don't need to go back and dig up everything that happened, but there's just something about the Internet that decides that something is true and then they don't forget it and they just hammer on it. And I think it's really unfair. And I think you're on the front lines like saying, here's the deal with this person. And I think it's really important because that message, that message gets lost all the time.
1: Yeah, the internet is such a interesting place. I mean, i don't I don't read a ton of the comments. Um, I'm new-ish to social media. Like, I just got Instagram like a couple years ago, and I've just started to post and do the things. Yeah. And someone posted at Sarah Chalk has just found the uh, best medium for her looks hashtag animation. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> damn, people are not kind on here. No assholes. It's just, just not kind, and um, yeah.
0: How are you liking it? Is it fun? Are you new? Are you done? Are you like, shit, I'm out of here. I'm not going to do any more social media. Or are you like, you're here to stay?
1: Oh, I've definitely been, uh, you know, um, victim of like going, like you click on one thing and then the next, and then you're like going down a rabbit hole of how to bake 18 hour bread. Um, But I, I actually have been enjoying it, but I'm so, I mean, our millennial Richie would understand this. So my little sister's like, she's 13 years younger than me. And so she's, she's all over it. She, she's got it down. So she's trying to show me the ropes and she, I I have yet to not have her call me like, sorry, you have to take it down. You take it down right now. Just delete it. I'm like, but how do I delete? And she's like, just go in there right now. You just put, you did a podcast and posted the picture, but it showed the zoom link, which is probably the link they use every week. And I'm like, oh crap. And then I'm learning to do the stories. I'm like, how'd I do Piper? She's like, to be honest, I hated the font. I -hmm. didn't like the font and I didn't like the color choice for that font. And so it's, it's a journey.
0: It's incredible. And you got Piper as your coach. God bless her. This is a journey too, because you're in the last question. We're going to finish now. You got really, really hot over the last several questions. You are now six for nine. You can finish with a seven out of 10. Number 10, Sarah Chalk, is always essay, where I'm going to present to you something that I've found that you have said in the past or that you have stated or believed in. And you have the floor. Take as much time and as little as you like to convince me of that stance. If I am uh, compelled by your little essay, I give you the point. If not, you finish six out of 10. Here we go, Sarah Chalk, star of Firefly Lane on Netflix. This is a rough one. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. You have a lot of heavy lifting to do.
1: Okay, and my job is to give you an essay to convince you of this.
0: Yes, and here okay. it is. Here's your topic. In a 2008 interview I read of yours, you said that your favorite food is pumpkin. Pumpkin is is your favorite food which is really bizarre to me, but the floor is yours to explain why that's a perfectly rational food. Go ahead.
1: Kyle, if you were left on this earth and you got to be stuck with one food, what would it be? What are you going to pick? Like like uh, the most, the third percent most popular soda ginger ale? I think not. If you go with something like pumpkin, you are going to have a nutritious food that I think... You know, you just would never get bored of it, right? There's so many different consistencies and textures. You can peel it and chop it up and roast it in the oven and have roasted pumpkin. You can scoop out those seeds. They're unbelievable. You can salt (laughs) them, season them, roast those. That's amazing. Pumpkin pie, I don't think there's a better dessert. And I'm obviously not going to get argued on that one. um, It's my favorite thing to bake. I'm not a baker. I burn everything. Just burned a pot right before this interview. Um, but pumpkin pie, not hard, can't go wrong. You can make it vegan with tofu, silken tofu mm. and soy milk. Uh, um, and then, you know, this is a weird one. Uh, smoothies. It's actually great in smoothies. So um it, it's it's sort of a, a food that's very great for the earth because it has multiple purposes. So let's say Halloween comes, you've got decorations, you also have a pie, you also have seeds, you've got a snack, you've got a meal, it's um they're, they're, they're nice to look at like gourds. I would put that maybe even in the pumpkin family. So you're decorating at Thanksgiving. It's a, it's a food that is, I don't know what evokes memories and feelings and emotions from all of these <laughs> times in your life where you're sitting around surrounded by family and love. I, challenge you to think of another food that could give you such nutrition and all of the vitamins that you need but at the same time make you feel good and warm and happy and you don't even know why because you're eating this vegetable but meanwhile in your subconscious it's taking you back to the time when you were five and you were sitting around the thanksgiving table and everything life was simple there was no pandemic um i think that um pumpkin is the perfect food
0: That's the best answer I've ever heard. It's absolutely right. I was ready to just shred it and say, what the hell are you talking about? I have nothing to say. Sarah, that is the best answer we've ever had for an essay. You finished with seven out of 10. You tie Paul Rudd. You have completed the 10 questions. And I will say this again. I'm not supposed to play favorites. You are my favorite contestant we've ever had because you cared the most. That was poetry.
1: I did care. I did care. Seven I did care. Um, ten. I felt like a lot is riding on this for me personally. And, um, I did want, I, I, I am happy with the seven. I was hoping for a four, but I'm, I'm very happy with the seven.
0: When you turn the corner into the nostalgia of pumpkins, that's when I knew we had something special. The last order of business there, before everybody leaves, everybody does this is we always end with a call out, meaning you think of what you just experienced. And then in your mind, identify a public figure that you think should come on here and try to compete with your seven out of 10, whoever you would like. And you call them out and challenge them to compete with your score.
1: Mm.
0: What do you think? I'm, take a minute. Who
1: do you think? Okay. Okay. I can take, take a minute. Yeah. I feel like whatever you want. Like, hey, let's go. Let's go. We're running behind. You're taking too <laughs> long between your answers. Ben and Jerry's is Vermont. Um, <laughs> whoever you like superman how did i not get superman i mean i tried to get me there. up at night
0: i, I, you I got did. you there was seal kiss from a rose the superman we'll get back to it's okay you did
1: you did you did i am calling out um constant zimmer a oh yeah Constance i know constant zimmer, zimmer. Okay. so fun you'll have the best time with her she was my first friend in la when i moved to la we met on a little movie called spin cycle where we played sisters
0: Oh, that's incredible. She's worked on everything. Yeah. Uh, I, I know a, a lot about her career. She's awesome. You are awesome. And so is Firefly Lane on Netflix. Please, everybody watch it and then go watch Sarah's entire back catalog, everything she's done. You're seriously the best. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This is a blast.
0: We will see everyone next time on 10 Questions. Good luck to have rest to follow Sarah Chalk. She was amazing. Ten Questions with Kyle Brand is a co production by Spotify and The Ringer. The show is produced by Richie Bozek, Jason Gallagher, Noah Malale, Steve Allman, Jackson Safan, and Arjuna Ramgopal. Our theme song is by Matt Schiltz and Bobby Lord. Additional sound design by Bobby Lord. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com.